0: I want to welcome you back to day three of our eighth week of looking through First and Second Samuel together. We're going to look today at David's relationship with Absalom, his son. It wasn't a pretty relationship. In fact, David's family gets destroyed through these chapters we're going to look at today. These are the difficult years of David's life, the sin that he committed, the struggles that he had in his family. But we're going to find that he trusts in God even through all of these things. And we're going to look today, as we look through this relationship of David and Absalom, we're going to look at some of the things that destroy families. Some of you should listen to this. You have a struggle in your family right now, or you know someone who has a struggle in their family. What is it that destroys families? And then we're going to pull in, where's the places that God brings healing? In those places that Satan wants to destroy our family. What destroys families? You have to start with the obvious. Number one, sin. Sin destroys families. Absalom, Repeats the sins of his father. Absalom, along with his brother Amnon, repeats the very things that David had done adultery and murder, sexual sin and murder. Amnon commits sin with his half sister Tamar. He falls in love with her, and when she refuses him, he rapes her. Absalom is Tamar's full brother, and he waits. He waits. He hates now his brother Amnon for what he's done to his sister. So he waits for an opportunity to kill Amnon. In verse 21 of chapter 13, when King David heard about all this, he was furious. Absalom never said a word to Amnon, either good or bad. He hated Amnon because he had disgraced his sister Tamar. In verse 28, Absalom ordered his men, listen. When Amnon is in high spirits from drinking wine and I say to you, strike Amnon down, then kill him. Don't be afraid. Have I not given you this order? Be strong and brave. So Absalom's men did to Amnon what Absalom had ordered. Nathan had said this would happen, that destruction would come to David's household. The Bible says you see sins to the third and fourth generation. So what's the answer to the fact that sin destroys families? I want to focus some on the answers today, and the answer is forgiveness. Forgiveness brings healing. Families need forgiveness. Now, we talked yesterday about the fact that forgiveness does not mean there are no consequences for your sin. In fact, Amnon's sin was a crime punishable by death. And if he'd been taken through the legal system, that's what would have happened. But instead, they took it into the family. And it became, instead of a legal matter that was dealt with by the authorities, it became a matter of hatred. And unforgiveness ruled the day. Forgiveness doesn't mean you trust the other person automatically. Trust has to be rebuilt. An opportunity has to be given to rebuild that trust. No doubt about that. But forgiveness means you let it go into the hands of God. You recognize that God is ultimately the judge. And you realize the longer I hold this in my heart, the more destruction it's going to do. Sin destroys families. The person who sinned against you and your family, if you have not forgiven them, that's destroying your family. Not only their sin, but your refusal to forgive. Number two, bitterness destroys families. David, because of what happens and the murder that's committed, lives in anger against Absalom. And in chapter 14, Absalom flees for a while, but then he returns, but he lives in rejection from his father. In verse 21, the king said to Joab, his his army general, David said to Joab, very well, I'll do it. Bring the young man Absalom. And Joab fell with his face to the ground to pay him honor, and he blessed the king. Because David, just to intersperse, David is saying here, I'll bring him back into the town. But then getting back to the scripture, Joab said, today your servant knows that he's found favor in your eyes, my lord, the king, because the king has granted his servant's request. And then Joab went to Geshur and brought Absalom back to Jerusalem. But the king said, he must go to his own house. He must not see my face. And so Absalom went to his own house and he did not see the face of the king. Day after day, he didn't see David's face. And day after day, bitterness grows. Finally, Absalom is brought to David and they get to see one another. Joab convinces that this should happen. But the bitterness has already taken root. Now, there's an answer to this in the New Testament. The answer is to show grace, to show grace immediately. The Bible tells us in the book of Ephesians, don't let the sun go down on your anger. David deciding day after day after day not to see Absalom allowed this bitterness to grow day after day after day after day. If there's a bitterness in your family, don't let the sun go down on your anger. And you say, I already have. Well, don't let it go down one more day. Don't let it go down on that anger one more day. Deal with it today. Deal with it today. Go and seek forgiveness today. Go and restore the relationship today. Bitterness destroys families. Unforgiveness destroys families. Sin destroys families A third thing that destroys families we see in this passage is separation. Separation destroys families. Just not talking anymore. The Bible says in chapter 15, verse 13, a messenger came and told David, the hearts of the men of Israel are with Absalom. And then David said to all his officials who were with him in Jerusalem, come, we must flee or none of us will escape from Absalom. We must leave immediately or he will move quickly to overtake us and bring ruin upon us and put the city to the sword. The king's officials answered him, "'Your servants are ready to do whatever our lord the king chooses.'" And the king set out, and his entire household following him, but he left 10 concubines to take care of the palace. In this chapter, Absalom conspires. He gets other people to love him. He has sort of a plan to do this, and then he sort of springs the trap, and he takes over the kingdom from David. And David flees, and now they're living separately. And you see this great danger of separation, of not working it through, allowing the bitterness to grow, and now I'm going to take my world, and I'm going to take your world, and really what you want in the family is, I want to win, and I want, you, I want you to lose. And when that separation starts to happen, it can be in a marriage, it can be between two children, it can be between a brother and a sister, when that starts to happen, the gap just gets wider and wider and wider. This is the danger of separation, of not working it through. Now, the answer to this, there is an answer to this, and that's communication. There's no relationship without communication. Deep misunderstandings, deep mistrust grows when there's no communication. So that's why I almost never recommend a separation in order to restore a marriage. Now, separation for physical safety in the case of abuse, absolutely yes, but it's not for the purpose of restoring the marriage because when you get separate from each other, you start to mistrust each other. You start to take every little word that the other person says in a wrong way and other people tell you what they're saying. It may not even be what they said. And all of a sudden it just gets worse and worse and worse. The answer is communication. Now, I understand you can't always make the communication work, but you can make it work on your side. Separation destroys families. Communication restores families. Fourth thing that destroys families, destroys everything else, pride. Pride destroys families. We see in chapter 16 a great example, as you read through it, of David's humility but Absalom's pride. In this chapter, they both get bad counsel, counsel that appeals to their pride. And David refuses to accept it, but Absalom does accept it. There's a man by the name of Shimmai that we're going to meet in the last day as we look through these chapters. He curses David as he's fleeing from the city, and he's counseled by his counselors. David is to cut off the head of this man who has so blasphemed him. But David sees God's hand even in the curse, and he just lets it go, and he goes on. He doesn't listen to the counsel. Instead of reacting to his pride, he listens for the voice of the Lord. Absalom, on the other hand, is told by his counselors, To lie with his father's concubines and show that he's now king. And although it was a politically expedient thing to do, the law says that it's a sin punishable by death. God had told David this would happen, but it doesn't make it right. And Absalom chose to do the prideful thing, the thing that further separated the family. David chose humility, Absalom followed his pride. As long as you follow your pride, The family's gonna be destroyed. The business is gonna be destroyed. Your life is gonna be destroyed. Oh, you might get better and better things. I'm talking from the inside out. Pride rots us from the inside out. Then we come across a fifth thing that destroys families in these chapters, battles. Just full-on battles. Battles destroy families. In chapter 17, Absalom goes to battle with David. He just decides, I'm gonna go out and fight against him and end up in this battle. And the battle is, it's a mess You see in this chapter, mistrust and confusion and betrayal and hatred and death. What do you do? What do you do when you're in a full-on battle? How do you start fighting for each other again instead of fighting against each other? Every situation is different, but at the foundation is realizing, I love that other person. Every person is important, and there has to be a choice for unity, recognizing their value and them recognizing your value. There was a place in this kingdom for David and Absalom. There was a place for both, but they couldn't recognize it. And so because they couldn't recognize that, there's this battle that goes on and on. David didn't recognize it when he kept Absalom in exile and wouldn't bring him in to talk with him, and Absalom doesn't recognize that there's a place for both when he chases David from Jerusalem, and now goes against him in battle. As we walk through this, there's a sixth thing here that we see that destroys families, and that is loss. Loss destroys families. In this case, in this story, you'd like it to have a different ending, but it doesn't. The worst happens. I hope and pray this isn't true for your family, but in David's family, the worst happens, and it does in some families. In chapter 18, Absalom dies, and David mourns. In verse 31, we read, a Cushite arrives and says, my lord, the king, hear good news. hear the good news. The Lord has delivered you today from all those who rose up against you. The king asked the Cushite, is the young man Absalom safe? The Cushite replied, may the enemies of my lord, the king, and all who rise up to harm you be like that young man. The king was shaken. He went up to the room over the gateway and he wept. And as he went, he said, oh, oh, my son Absalom, my son My son, Absalom, if only I had died instead of you. Oh, Absalom, my son, my son. As you read this whole story, you see that Joab kills Absalom, even though David has said to protect him. David wins the battle, but he loses his son. As he loses his son, he does something right and something wrong at the same time. He mourns the death of his son. But he also ignores the sacrifice of his troops. In chapter 19, verse 1, Joab was told the king is weeping and mourning for Absalom. And for the whole army, the victory that day was turned into mourning. Because on that day, the troops heard it said, the king is grieving for his son. The men stole into the city that day as men steal in who are ashamed when they flee from battle. So Joab, who caused this whole thing, it could have been a different story except for Joab. He goes in and at least in this case, he tells David to do something right. He goes to David in verse seven. He says, encourage your men. I swear by the Lord that if you don't go out, not a man will be left with you by nightfall. This will be worse for you than all the calamities that have come upon you from your youth until now. So the king got up and he took his seat in the gateway. And when the men were told the king is sitting in the gateway, they all came before him. Now there's a lesson in this, a lesson in loss. And that is no matter how great your hurt, don't stop caring for others. Joab is not the man after God's own heart here. He stopped caring. All he cares about is the political kingdom, making sure that power is taken care of. But David, he has a heart for God. And because of that, when he hears, you need to meet with the men, he goes. And even in his grief, even in his loss, he meets with the men. The path to healing is in caring for others. You don't always rush into that, but there will come a day, and maybe the day has come for you to start caring for others again. Sin Bitterness, separation, battle, loss. Those things we looked at, they happen in every family. And so every family, every family needs forgiveness and grace and communication and unity and love. Our Father, we pray that your grace, your power would cover even those places of hurt in our lives. You want to meet us there, be with us there. Let us know that we don't have to be alone there. So help us to trust you in those places, God. And if we need to forgive, let us forgive. If we need to let go of a bitterness, help us to let go of that bitterness. If we need to start caring for others out of our loss, God, give us the strength that we don't have in ourselves. Where we don't want to live the rest of our lives destroyed by this. We want to live the rest of our lives remembering this, but also bringing out of it some way to trust you, to love you, and to love others. We pray for this strength in Jesus' name. Amen.